0: MailChimp Presents
1: Here comes this man asking me, do I want to do more work for free, basically. I was like, babe.
2: I thought the show was going to be easy. Oh, my God. I wouldn't have proposed something that I thought was going to be hard. I'm Jenna Wertham. I'm Wesley Morris. We're two culture writers at The New York Times.
0: Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris have been co-hosting the podcast, Still Processing, for The New York Times since 2016. Wesley Morris is critic-at-large at The New York Times and a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner. He's also written for Grantland, The Boston Globe, and others. Jenna Wortham is a staff writer for The New York Times Magazine, and she recently co-edited the book Black Futures. Since they started their show, Still Processing has landed on best-of lists everywhere, and it won a Webby Award for Best Arts and Culture Podcast. And actually, it was an award that first brought Jenna and Wesley together.
1: Wesley, what year was it again? When did you win your (coughs) first Pulitzer Prize?
2: (laughs) It was April 2012.
1: I was but a wee reporter working in the bullpen, the second floor of the New York Times, which is where all the reporters who work on The Daily Paper are crammed in, I was asked to help with the Pulitzer blurbs and try to contact the winners for a quote. And the editor was like, no one's probably going to get back, but try. But I Googled Wesley because he was at the Boston Globe at that point, And I was so excited to find out you were a brother <laughs> because, you know, we live in such an era right now of black abundance, but that was not necessarily true in 2012. And so I was supercharged, And I was sitting at my desk. I'm sure I was like stuffing my face too, because in those days, I was just an animal like living (laughs) out of my desk, my cube. But I got your voice message. Hello, it's Wesley. I'm not available. I can't remember what it is, but it's very sultry. (laughs) And so that was the first time I heard your voice.
2: Uh, Jenna, I don't know if I ever put it this way to you, but I returned that call because I knew your byline. Oh. Like, you were famous to me. No, stop. I read the paper every day. And so I knew all the bylines. So Jenna left me this message, and I'm like, oh, my God, I missed her deadline. I'm making her life really hard. So I called back, and I remember being embarrassed for being late, but hoping that she would understand that, like, it just was a weird day.
1: I mean, it's literally Oscars day for journalists. You're not taking phone calls from strangers. So when I came back to my desk and I saw the little blinking light, and then I listened and I heard that purple velvet voice, I was like, what? I was so shocked. I wanna be someone that even on the most exciting day of my career, like I have the energy to respond to, I don't know, like a lowly grub who needs a quote for their piece. It just really, it really left such an impression on me.
2: I think we mutually agree that the first time we ever spoke was at a party, spring of 2014. I had just moved to New York, and my memory of this is immediately walking into the bar, and there was a table there. And in the corner of the table, in the window, as the sun has just set, Mm. Mm -hmm. is Jenna Wortham. You were in a leather jacket, and you had a white shirt on, and you were just holding court.
1: But I remember, like, catching a glimpse of Wesley and being like, finally, (laughs) here it goes. Like, at last. Wesley and I both love rom-coms, and there is this kind of soapy, filmy quality to the memory that we both have of, like— the music draining out of the room and like everything slowing and it kind of feeling like there might be a million people in the room, but it was just us. You know, I fall in love with your writing and I was just like, this is just going to be so wonderful. Okay, so the following year after we meet. It's
2: 2015.
1: Wesley comes to work for the paper. We work in the same building. We see each other often. We're buds. And at
2: that point, Jenna and I had had so many conversations, just little but important personal, cultural conversations. And as it turns out, the, oh.
1: Yes, yes. What's coming through right now?
2: Forget all that. The first thing I remember about Jenna Wortham at The New York Times, we were getting into an elevator together. And you were about to go on vacation. And you're like, I'm going to Iceland. I don't know when I'm coming back. Hopefully you'll be here when I get back, but I'm out. And you were just so cool about it. And I just was like, I want that life. Sign me up for whatever is about to get on that airplane. (laughs) I want all of that. When I was at Grantland, Alex Papadimus and I had a show, a podcast called Do You Like Prince Movies? Every week, we just plugged in our microphones, talked for 45 to 90 minutes. And two days later, a show was on the internet. (laughs) There were no pickups. There were no retakes. It was very simple. So when I got to the Times, I was like, one of the things I would love to do is have a podcast. And I didn't want to do the show by myself. I wanted to have a host do it with me. And I was like, I think Jenna Werther would be the perfect person. (laughs) Jenna's name just popped out of my mouth. And the reason that I thought of her was just she was so fun to be around. Her life is so different from mine. Her brain is different from mine. And I thought that is a person that I can have an infinite number of conversations with.
1: My mind can't help but do like kind of a cinematic overlay. So I feel like Wesley like burst in and there was like a cloud of paper swirling behind him. And his tie was like windswept at 45 degrees. (laughs) And here comes this man asking me... Do I want to do more work for free, basically? I was like, babe, I'm busy as it is. But I just, I felt like at the time I realized I had a lot to learn from Wesley. The thing about being a reporter that I love, but can get really hard, is you're just often alone with your ideas.
2: Mm -hmm. And it's
1: actually really fun to work with someone else and kind of see their brain. That was really inviting and very enticing to me. Like, well, what will happen if we get in a room? Like, what? how will I change? How will my thinking change? How will my writing change? Like, I think I'm ready to work in a different way. I could tell it was going to be hard, but I knew we would have a lot of fun.
2: I thought the show was going to be easy.
1: Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) I wouldn't have proposed something that I thought was going to be hard.
1: You had the excitement of, like, someone who'd newly joined The Times. And I had the... The weariness of somebody who grew up working at the paper and know just how long special projects can take, which is not a ding. It's just it's a place that is rigorous about everything it does. So
2: it was Jenna and me and all of these people trying to figure out what our show was going to be.
1: We wanted the show to be called Cakes
2: mm-hmm.
1: because we wanted the show to feel like a treat. We wanted it to feel like a dessert. We also love the innuendo of like cakes as in butts and like booty shaking. Like we just wanted it to feel really fun. Let's dive into culture. Let's talk about tech. I think both of us were really intrigued and invested in the idea of exploring unconventional cultural things that wouldn't necessarily fit tidily into an essay or a reported feature. Mm -hmm, So we mm -hmm. were interested in like Shakespeare in the Park and B-movies. We used to do this thing where we would base some of our early shows on our text message exchanges, Mm -hmm. because that is actually where a lot of our ideation happens and a lot of our fun happens. When we're on the phone or on my stoop, we just go all over the place. And I think the pod created the container But there were a lot of learning curves, a lot of adjustment periods, all of which I think were ultimately good because the show kept getting refined and we kept iterating and found its natural rhythm and natural pacing.
2: It's taken five years to get to a point where, like, we really understand how to make our show. And we're still learning, by the way. We haven't even figured it out.
1: You know, what started out as kind of a fun, quirky, cultural show took on a lot of sociological, cultural, even political significance as the world started to take a sharper turn towards that direction, right? And we had to ask ourselves to process heavier things. And so by nature, the show became about that too, because the show was always about what we're interested in and what's keeping us up at night and our relationship to it and the world's relationship to us as Black people, but just as people too, you know?
2: But the core of the show, and this was something that nobody involved in its creation wanted to lose, like wanted the relationship that we had to be at the center of the show.
1: We're different in ways that keep us constantly curious about each other and engaged. But there are some really key ways that we're similar. We both have ravenous media diets. They're just vastly different.
2: <laughs> like I love reading. I read as much as I possibly can in all the periodicals.
1: And, you know, I I like to eat an edible and, like, be on TikTok for three hours and then be like, (laughs) you good? Because I'm about to say 30 TikToks. But um,
2: (laughs) She's not kidding. I get 30 TikToks. (laughs) I think another really healthy thing about partnerships, it's like the two people have to have a sense of who they are as individual people.
1: Right, like Wesley is an astute observer, but not quick to have... take or an opinion.
2: Mm -hmm. So
1: something will happen. And I can see you kind of filing it away for later. We were like, "Mm, let's see how that turns out. You know, where my impulse, I think, and it's very much an impulse that's honed in in a newsroom covering very quick moving culture and tech trends is to be like, we have to jump on this right now.
2: When we have a problem, we talk about it pretty much on the spot. But we have not truly had a hard time between each other.
1: No, that's a good way to put it. A lot of our conflict has been external. Mm -hmm. There are external forces that are making things difficult for one of us or both of us.
2: That said, when things are going wrong, we're never the same extreme at the same time. Yes. When I am furious about something, and it's a thing that concerns both of us, that we both have feelings about or are mistaken, which is pretty much at this point, you know, humanity, our blackness, and this show. We are rarely outraged in the same way at the same moment. It's like, I'm pissed off, and then 10 days later, I'm fine, and Jenna is like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I mean, we know each other well enough to know what our sensitive spots are and how to be there for each other in a moment where things aren't going great and so there's not a lot of dissent on the show some people have wished that there was more of that Mm
1: -hmm. there was
2: more of us disagreeing with each other
1: at various times over the course of making the show it was expressed that it would be fun if we got into arguments like what can you all fight about like what can you all go toe to toe on and You know, we try to find things. We were like, well, (laughs) like, I like spoilers. You don't. Like, I guess we can argue about that. Like, that's traditionally been seen as very entertaining. Like, let's watch a debate. Let's see the fire. Let's see the spice. And I think that's not how we were oriented. You know, it makes sense that we wanted our show to be a place of, yes, high intensity. Yes, high energy. Yes, high frequency. But I just think you and I had no interest in leaving the studio in a huff. Like, I think we wanted to leave the studio invigorated and enlightened.
2: Jenna and I are basically writing an essay together every episode of the show. And what you get on the show is this breeding of the two of our minds. At this point in the romantic comedy, we're just in the middle of it. When Harry Metzali, I think it's 98 minutes, we're at minute number 57.
1: We are suspended in time at the moment when they're walking through the Met. And Ah. it's so beautiful in that room with all the fall leaves in the background. And they're so delighted by each other. It's like, that's where we are in the rom-com.
2: I am not remotely ready to not do the show anymore because we haven't gotten to the point where like, whatever the mountaintop is, we're not at peak elevation,
1: We we make the show whether or not the show gets made. You know, like, we are always making this thing called the show that is just called our friendship and that is just called our shared life. That's true. It's like this kind of chicken and egg thing. It's like, would we have the friendship without the pod or would we have the pod without the friendship? I don't know.
2: We definitely wouldn't have the pod without the friendship.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris, are partners. Go listen to their podcast, Still Processing. You can follow them on Twitter at Jenny Deluxe and at Wesley underscore Morris. Partners is made by me, Rishikesh Hirway. i produced and edited this episode and made the music for the show. Maureen Hoban is my co-producer and Chloe Parker and Casey Deal are the production assistants. Partners is a MailChimp podcast made in partnership with Radiotopia. Find out more at MailChimp.com slash presents and at Radiotopia.fm. Thanks for listening.
1: Radiotopia.